Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Wow, what happened to my microphone? Microphone went nuts there just a minute ago. Don't know why that happened. Sorry, everybody. All right. Um, I want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. We're also covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190, 107.5 FM. So we're in both markets today. Um, so we appreciate the Fort Wayne audience for joining us. If you want to watch us online, you can go to trovo.live slash Casey, the host. I'm doing the YouTube thing today as well. Haven't done a YouTube live stream in a long time because YouTube censors the snot out of my live streams. And it's one of the reasons that we left YouTube uh, for about a year now. So we're going to give it a go and see what happens. So if you want to follow on YouTube or Trovo or even DLive at Casey, the host, uh, but Trovo is the one that you definitely need to follow. All right. We have to go through the press conference today with Joe Biden and this this gun control. We went over some of the stuff yesterday that he's going to require background checks for for ghost guns, for buying ghost guns, which it's illegal for you to buy a ghost gun anyway. So what do you need a background check for? It's it's absurd. But this is what happens again when you have people who don't know anything about firearms and they go out there and they, they do these things that are feel-good gestures that the ignorant masses fall for and they think are great things that are going to you know save people's lives and that sort of stuff. And none of it's based in any, any reality. It's all pure fantasy. So we're going to play several clips. I just want everybody to be fully aware of that. We're going to have several clips that we're going to play for you today, and we're going to see exactly how this, this all goes because... Um, like I said, we're doing the YouTube thing today, and YouTube really doesn't like it when we play stuff, so we'll, we'll see what's going on. All right, so let's just start off. This is the Daily Wire. On Thursday, Biden announced further executive actions on the subject of gun control, saying enough prayers, time for some action, which is essentially an insult to the thoughts and prayers thing. That's what that is all about. During the announcement, Biden delivered a speech riddled with falsehoods, and Daily Wire went through to kind of debunk some of them. I'm going to play you the portion of the speech that Biden said, and then we're going to go through them one by one. We're not going to do the entire thing. We're just going to do bits and pieces of it, some of the, um, shall we say, the best nuggets. I had several links that I had already sent Joe, and I finally just found one that had several of the clips in it already, so I just deleted all those and sent them to Joe. So uh, we're going to start off, Joe, with this first one. Joe Biden lies, claiming that you can buy a gun at a gun show without a background check. Can you roll that one, please? These bills... One, require background checks for anyone purchasing a gun at a gun show or an online sale. Oh, listen to the seals clap. Listen Most people don't clap. know it. You walk into a store and you buy a gun, you have a background check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you go to a gun show, you can buy whatever you want and no background check. These oh. bills. Really? Okay. <laughs> All right. One of the positive things that happened because of the summer riots was that so many liberals who were typically anti-gun went and bought their gun. And you saw story after story after story after story of them going, we were lied to by the anti-gun activists. This is not as easy as going in t-shirt, grocery store, grocery store, but at a department store like we were told. This is a whole process. I didn't think I was going to have to fill out all of this paperwork. Uh, I want to tell this story just one more time. I've told it many times on the show. For many of you, this will be brand new, particularly those of you in the Fort Wayne audience. I was at a gun store. Most of you know I have a company on the side. I, I make holsters, I make knives, and I also sell other people's merchandise. And a local, well-established gun store is a distributor for law enforcement and other businesses and things like that. I have an account. I used to go there. I would pick my, my supplies up. 
and I would bring them home, obviously, and then we would sell them. So I'm in line, and this lady happens to be a black woman. Now, the only reason that this is relevant is because of how this conversation even happened. Happens to be a black woman. The store clerk happens to be a white man. So she's trying to, to buy a, a handgun. She's there, I assume, with her husband, um, her male companion, whatever it was. They appear to be similar in age, so I, I assume. And she's trying to buy the gun. Well, it comes back. The, the background check is basically in limbo. All right, so they need more time. So they've got the extra time. So you get approved, you get disapproved, and then you got this weird little thing where we can't we can't approve you yet, uh, but you can come back in a couple of days and hopefully we'll have an answer for you. So she's in that limbo space. I don't know exactly what they call it. I apologize. So she's in that limbo space. She's convinced it's the white guy who works at the store who is not selling her the gun. So she starts crying racism on this, and he's trying to explain to her calmly, ma'am, I, I swear this is this is federal law. It's on the form, and if it doesn't give you if, if it doesn't give us a clear background check right away, we cannot sell you the firearm. Sorry, this is just this is how it is. And so he goes to get his manager after she requests it. She turns around to me, she looks at me and she goes, Can you believe this? And I I look right at her and I said, Ma'am, elections have consequences. And she goes, What do you mean? Like what he's telling you is true. He's not allowed to release that firearm to you until you pass that background check or this, you know, this waiting period is over with if uh, the FBI is not giving him an immediate response. And she goes, really? I was like, yeah. It's like, this is what Democrats and anti-gun groups are doing. They're, they're making it more difficult for you to be able to get a firearm. And she, I, she said something like this, some bull or something like that. And she's like, I had no, I had no idea. I was like, yeah, elections have consequences. You've got to pay attention to this stuff. The anti-gun movement in the United States, the gun control advocates in the United States, know less about firearms than my four-year-old. And I'm not exaggerating that because my four-year-old actually can shoot pretty, pretty decent, at least with the, you know, the, the play guns. Not real guns. She's not out there shooting Glocks and stuff yet. That'll be at least another year or two. But she is. This, this woman was not aware of this, and she had been so programmed to just automatically assume that this was a simple, easy process. Now, you have to understand, this is like five, six years ago. This is not even over this last summer. This is a while ago. This is pre-Trump. This is during Obama. And she didn't know. And we saw an awful lot of people, an awful lot of people throughout the summer who became first-time gun owners, who were previously anti-gun, who were on the political left, who were going to these gun stores thinking that they could just walk through like they were at a grocery store and picking Twinkies off of the shelf. And you can't do that. And I got more news for you. The gun show loophole is a lie. It doesn't exist. It just doesn't. This thing has been debunked so frequently that it's actually insane for people to continue to spread this, this false narrative. And so usurper Biden is out there talking, most people don't know this, but if you go to a gun store, you got to do a background check. But if you go to a gun, a gun show, there's no background check. That's a lie. That's not a mistake. That's not misspeaking. That's a straight-up fabricated pile of nonsense. It isn't true in any capacity. Now, here's where people, when they talk about the gun shows, and I'm, I'm simply, I know most of you already know this, but I'm simply talking to the people out there who have never bought a firearm, have no idea how this whole process works out, right? They're waving their little 
little signs in the street occasionally when they get bored on the weekday and they don't want to go to work and that sort of thing, and they want to get some social credit score for being woke. You know, when they, they go out there and, and they, they do this sort of stuff, they make fools of themselves, but they're not wise enough to know that they're making fools of themselves. So they just continue to make fools of themselves. When you go to a gun store, you have the background check, which is not an easy, simple process. When you go to a gun show, you have the exact same background check. The exact same one. Now, if you run into some guy named Noah, and Noah's got a little backpack on, and he's got a sign pinned to his back saying, I'm selling this, meet me in the parking lot. Okay, there can be an exchange between two individuals outside of the gun show that has nothing to do with the gun show. That can happen anyway. But there's still some restrictions on that already. Are you from the same state? Are you from the same town? Are you legally allowed to own a firearm? There's a whole host of things that go into that. But what they try to do is they try to make it seem like those person-to-person transactions that happen, that that is the norm at a gun show. That is not the norm at a gun show. Most gun shows can't even get insurance or a license to put on their event unless all of their vendors who are selling firearms are licensed FFL dealers. Every single licensed FFL dealer is required to conduct a background check. If you are selling firearms as a non-licensed FFL dealer and you're doing it with the purpose to make a profit, okay, even if it's just one gun, like that Noah guy at gun show, guess what? That's illegal. He can't do it. He's required to have an FFL if he is engaged. This is what the ATF calls engaged in the business of selling firearms. If you are selling a firearm for profit, even just one, according to the ATF's own definitions, you are engaged in the business of selling firearms and therefore are required to have an FFL license, which means you're required to conduct a background check. So most of those person-to-person interactions that happen they still fall under some federal requirements anyway. But they don't tell you that because they have to lie to everybody and make it seem like everybody's going to gun shows and they're being able to just go ahead and buy whatever the heck they want and it's just like going to a pawn shop. Uh, only pawn shops you know, actually have to do the background check too. People don't realize, as Usurper Joe would just said, yeah, people don't realize this, except he got it all backwards. He just straight up lied to everybody. And, and what happened, the SEALs were out there ur, 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 clapping their hands because they're a bunch of idiots who don't know what they're talking about. Oh, this is so this is so great. This is so fantastic. There's something else that you should know, too, and then we'll take our, our first break because I know I'm bloviating a little bit. We have gone over surveys multiple times from the prison population for people who have been convicted of gun crimes or crimes that have been committed with a firearm, okay? They never get them at gun shows, ever. Never. You realize I've gone through several inmate surveys on this and not a single criminal inmate who has been charged and convicted with a gun crime purchased that firearm at a gun show. Not a single one. This is not an issue in the United States at all. Period. End of story. But they're trying to tell you that mass shootings will stop, even though they're not on the rise, mass shootings will stop if we just stop allowing gun shows to sell guns to people without conducting a background check. It's a myth. 
It's a lie. It is untrue. There is not a single solitary unicorn fart speck of evidence that suggests it's true. You are the lowest rung of idiot if you espouse what Biden just espoused. More coming up. We'll go through some more sound bites on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, and News Talk 1190, WoWo 107.5 FM. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Also want to thank the Fort Wayne audience for joining us from WoWo. All right. Um, Joe Biden has, well, he gave his little speech today and his executive actions and all that stuff, and, and he lied about background checks at the gun show. I spent more time on that than I was supposed to, but... I digress. Uh, so just quick little refresher course. Unlicensed private individuals can sell guns without running a background check, but um, there are some limitations on that, okay? And there are still some things that have to happen, but that doesn't happen at gun shows. That happens in the parking lot outside of the gun show because the gun shows themselves typically don't have insurance and can't have an actual gun show at the facility without having licensed FFL dealers, which are all required to carry a background check and criminals never get their guns this way. It doesn't happen at all. Biden falsely claimed that his assault weapon and high capacity magazine ban reduced mass shootings. All right. So Joe, this is the next one. Biden claims that for the 10 years that we had assault weapon and high capacity magazine ban, uh, number of mass shootings actually went down. Play that clip for me, please, Joe. I know this has been a hobby horse of mine for a long time. Got it done once. We should also ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines in this country. Those are so again. that 10 years we had it done, the number of mass shootings actually went down. No, they didn't. I know this has been a hobby okay. horse of mine so for here, a long here's time. The, here's, here's the thing. This is, Got once again, the lie that the assault weapons ban reduced shootings. It did not. In fact, shootings went down once it sunsetted. They have continued to go down, with the exception of in major metro areas where there was mass rioting. Pretty much everywhere else, uh, the situation has gotten a lot better since. This has been fact-checked to the hilt going all the way back to the 90s. There is zero evidence that the assault weapons ban actually reduced shootings. Zero. Zilch. Plus, we've already been over, okay, long guns themselves, excluding shotguns, long guns themselves, so rifles of any kind, kill just over 300 people a year. You are more likely to be killed with somebody's bare hands. That unarmed suspect they're always telling you is not a threat to anybody. You are more likely, far more likely to be killed by somebody who is unarmed than somebody with a rifle of any kind, including ARs. we got more coming up on 95.3 MNC and 1190 WoWo 107.5 FM. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Also covering for Pat Miller today on News Talk 1190 WoWo 107.5 FM. Again, want to thank the Fort Wayne audience for joining us. I'm not done yet. Okay, I'm, Here's the thing. There are a few things that I'm going to devote extra time to on the show because they are that important. And the the filth and, frankly, the crap that is coming out of Biden's mouth today about firearms and these executive orders and everything else. And I know that we touched on one of those EOs yesterday, so I'm not going to bore you too much with that one today. But the guy gave a speech, and he gave a speech in which he repeatedly over and over and over and over again, 
got the ATF's name wrong. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with his mind at all. Look, if you do it one time, all right. AFT, sure. The Abacol Bureau of Tobacco and Firearms, he said. Abacol. All right, that's that's Biden. But in the midst of this speech, he continues to repeat the same old lies that the gun control groups have been using forever. And I talked about, was it Monday? What is today? Thursday? Monday, and I put this up on, in the podcast as well. I think I even put it on video. So if you're watching on, because we're going to three platforms today. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that, that video. But it's on Rumble and it's on Odyssey as well. The left has no shame. They don't. They will lie to you. When they get caught, they don't care. They're not embarrassed by it. Their supporters and their followers who were duped into believing that lie and repeated that lie are not angry that they were misled. They just don't care. There's no shame at all. So now we go back to the stabilizing brace. Boy, was there some fun stuff about stabilizing braces. Now, first of all, most of you know, you know, I, I, I am not a firearms expert, but I've got a pretty well-rounded bit of knowledge with them. But I am a holster maker. And when I, when I hear people like Merrick Garland talk about how AR pistols are concealable pistols with this brace on, I, I, I don't really, you can't take them seriously. You know, a couple of years ago, there was an article written by an anti-gun activist who said, look, anti-gun activists have to start learning about firearms because you're embarrassing yourselves and you're damaging their movement. And I would agree with that. Because at least if they're learning about firearms, yeah, they might become a more effective opponent and be more capable of taking away your rights. But a lot of them are going to learn the truth, and they're not going to be as spooked because they're not going to be just force-fed these lies. So here's Joe Biden. Joe, let's go to the next clip here. So Joe Biden is now talking about the stabilizing brace of an AR pistol and how the stabilizing brace, and I kid you not, and see, this is where... If you don't laugh, you know you're in the category of people who doesn't know anything about guns. If you do laugh, you'll understand why. The stabilizing brace of an AR pistol makes it, and I quote, more lethal. Here's Joe Biden. ...pistols modified with stabilizing braces with the seriousness they deserve. A stabilizing brace you can a pencil essentially makes that pistol a hell of a lot more accurate and a mini rifle. As a result, it's more lethal, effectively turning into a short-barreled rifle. Mm. That's what the alleged shooter in Boulder appears to have Mm. done. Mm. Yeah, the uh, anti-white Muslim terrorist. Let's just call him what he is. Oh, is the media still not telling you about his anti-white racism? Going back to high school, the Syrian guy in Boulder, Colorado, who went to the grocery store and was laughing hysterically as he was only shooting white people? I still haven't mentioned that to you? Oh, interesting. So, the brace does not make an AR pistol more deadly at all. Period. End of story. Like I said, if you weren't laughing about that, that's because you're in the camp that doesn't know anything about firearms. Congratulations. Start learning. But (laughs) then Merrick Garland is like, AR pistol is a concealed pistol, even with the brace on. What? Since when? But this is the type of nonsense that they keep spreading. I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm trying to get through this, or hopefully in this segment. We'll see. Okay. 
Um, he goes on to say that gun violence in this country is an epidemic and an international embarrassment. I don't need to play that one, Joe. You can skip over that one, okay? That's that's not a big deal. Um, but I do want I do want to go into him talking about the U.S. Constitution. So so Joe, just go be go past the gun violence is an epidemic video, and go to the multiple lies about the U.S. Constitution video. Here's usurper Joe. But no amendment. No amendment to the Constitution is absolute. You can't yell really? crowd. You can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater. We call it freedom of speech. From the very beginning, you couldn't own any weapon you wanted to own. From the very beginning, the Second Amendment existed. Certain people weren't allowed to have weapons. So the idea hmm. is just bizarre to suggest that some of the things we're recommending are contrary to the Constitution. Yeah, gun um, violence in this country. Okay, is let's an just epidemic. let's just go ahead and just cut it off there, because. All of that is untrue. Now I love I love laughing at people who pull this this crap up and no 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 the the uh, the Second Amendment is only about muskets. Okay, you don't know anything about the firearms that existed at the time, including the rapid fire weapons that were freely available to anybody, or volley shots, or the fact that the caliber of bullet that you're now trying to get rid of, which is far 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 higher caliber than what we're dealing with on a regular basis now was commonplace in the standard at the time. How about the fact that you used to be able to personally own cannon? I would like, I would like to be able to own some cannon. Now you still can, but you got to jump through some extra hoops. Back then, all you needed was a barn to store it. You didn't need to jump through any extra hoops. Back in colonial days, if you wanted a cannon, you had a cannon. If you wanted a naval warship, guess what you did? You got a naval warship. And you got to have it around and use it anytime you wanted to. But now, of course, you can't have any of that. You really want to go back? You want to have that discussion about going back to colonial days? He, of course, lies about the well-regulated militia thing. I have, that's been debunked again a million times. This guy knows absolutely nothing about it. Now, there was a group of people. I will say this, okay? There was a group of people at the beginning of the Second Amendment even before the Constitution, when you go back to the Articles of Confederation, there was a group of people that could not own firearms. I will admit that. They were called slaves. How did that work out for them? More coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, and filling in for Pat Miller on Newstalk 1190, 107.5 FM. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson, also covering for Pat Miller on Newstalk 1190, 107.5 FM. All right, I've got a a couple of lighter, well, smaller stories. Uh, Call them kicker topics. So these are not necessarily affiliated with what happened today. But, you know, this is the thing. There are times where I try to have a relatively fast-paced show. So when I set up a topic, I plan on maximum talking about it for two segments. Maximum. If I can get it down to one, that's great. Generally speaking, you, you can't always do that with some of these bigger issues because you got to go over the details and that sort of stuff, and it just doesn't allow you to do it. But there are times where the issue is so important and the misinformation is so vast that you just have to devote some extra time to it. I am cutting the firearm thing short today just because I don't want the entire first hour to be about guns. I know that many of you would be okay with that. And I know that a lot of you are like, okay, we get it. Yeah, whatever. But 
the information is critical. And this is just, again, it goes back to what I said on Monday in the podcast that's available in the video that is available on Rumble and YouTube at Casey the Host. The left has no shame. They will lie to you repeatedly. You will demonstrate that it's a lie. And they will either continue to lie to you without any shame, or they will move on from it as if it was never even a discussion. And they just, they continuously get away with it. You know, okay, I'll give you a perfect example. I'm going to actually flip this just a little bit because 60 Minutes, right? So 60 Minutes recently ran a whole thing about a fake, non-existent pay-to-play scandal in Florida, right? Which involved Publix, uh, was it like a grocery store, I guess, and the vaccines and stuff. So 60 Minutes, CBS News, my former employer, CBS News runs this whole hit piece on Governor DeSantis. Everybody in Florida points out that CBS not only didn't get the story right, CBS intentionally, with the exculpatory evidence in their hands, lied to their audience in order to smear Governor DeSantis. That's the thing that is the biggest part of this. And again, if we had an honest news media out there, everybody would be eviscerating CBS News for doing this in 60 Minutes. 60, 60 Minutes is supposed to be, of your, your network news, supposed to be one of the most reliable of your network news programs. That's the one that dives into the issues and things like that. And unfortunately, over the past couple of years, you know, CBS has tried to rebuild the reputation and I've just watched over the past year, maybe year and a half, they've just thrown that out the window. And they're like, you know what? We don't want to be respected anymore. We're just going to get in the gutter again. I, it probably was better for their ratings getting in the gutter, which is exactly what they're doing. So just so everybody is, is well aware of this, I'm not going to go into the whole thing about the 60 Minutes deal, but 60 Minutes ran a piece about a pay-for-play scheme between Governor DeSantis and Publix, which is the, the store. It was a complete lie. Even the Democratic mayor in the area said he's eviscerated CBS on this. And he goes, what they have done to Governor DeSantis in, in this story is completely untrue. And they knew it was untrue because I talked with them for, for a long time and I gave them the information that they ignored in their story. He even offered to sit down and talk with them for an additional two hours to straighten the story out. And CBS denied it. So now here's what's happening. Again, because they have no shame. Because 60 Minutes, I know it's not the first time you've heard of CBS News fabricating a story about a Republican in order to go ahead and destroy their political careers. Of course, DeSantis is considered a potential candidate for president in 2024. So CBS runs this fake story. Even the Democrats in Florida are like, whoa, this is some bullcrap. This is not true. This, this didn't happen. The whole CBS 60-minute story is not true. It's false. So instead of the news media, one, going, hey, CBS, what are you doing? You're giving us all a bad reputation. And instead of CBS going, wow, um, I, we didn't realize that our production team had been so far off of the mark and that the executives from CBS would have disciplined them. They didn't do that. No, instead what they're doing is they're changing the narrative of how they were reporting this. This is no joke. CBS has shifted the 60 Minutes DeSantis peace narrative 
to lack of vaccine access for minorities, which for the record was already a debunked narrative like three months ago. Well, maybe not that long. Two months ago. Remember they tried to have uh, local media out there going, well, why are you giving the vaccine? Only these white people up here. And remember it was all age-based. And so they, they put the vaccine in the counties that had the highest um, average age of population first because that's all they had. And it just so happened that most of the older people in Florida happened to be white people. And that was the whole premise of it. It was purely by zip code. But they were trying to say that it was denying it was denying minorities the vaccine. But, but the minorities who were being denied the vaccine were those who weren't even allowed to get the vaccine because they weren't in the aged bracket. So anyway, here we go. Um, What do we have? Uh, CBS News continues to stand by its false report. Last week's 60 Minutes story was about the vaccine rollout to seniors in Palm Beach County and focused on a lack of access to minority communities. Now, again, the mayor of the area said it wasn't true. So now instead of it being a pay for play scheme, they're just saying, no, 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 no. This is just purely about lack of access for minorities. That's not what the piece was about at all. Not at all. And even the Democratic mayor says it's nonsense and it's a lie. Did they apologize? Did they pivot to it? No, because they have no shame, which is why they were able to lie to you for the past five years straight, and they paid no price for it. More coming up. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. All right, um, Joe, I just sent you another thing. Sorry, I was chatting on the live stream during the news break, and I lost track of time, but I just sent you another video. Now, there's actually two videos here that you can you can play, uh, but I only want the first one. So if you could just let me know when the first one is ready to go, Joe, we will go ahead and play that one. I also want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. You can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. I also want to thank the Fort Wayne audience for joining us today. Uh, Pat Miller is out once again. All right, so... Let's talk about what is happening with COVID. There's a couple of different things. What's that, Joe? Yeah, the Today Show one, the first video, not the second one. So it is the, yeah, some states with stricter rules. That is the one that we want to play. All right, perfect. So we'll get to that here in just a second. Hey, so that's my fault. I was uh, chatting with the live stream. But if you want to follow the live stream, go to trovo.live slash Casey, the host. You can hang out with us during the commercial breaks, and then you can distract me from doing my job, just like everybody else. So um, with COVID, there's there's some things that are happening with COVID that have people, well, shall we say perplexed. They don't really understand why things are developing the way that they are developing. And as a result, I get to kind of laugh a little bit. And, and I'm again, if... Why people who were not using COVID for political reasons have been running this thing, we would have already been done with this mess. We would have already been done with it. But unfortunately, COVID just happened to, to hit in a massive political year and got exploited in this country, certainly for politics, in other countries for politics, and then in other countries for various other reasons. And there is now, of course, we we are well aware of this great reset notion, which has been, it's not a new idea, this great reset. If you're not familiar with the great reset, we did a little show on it a while back. 
a lot of other people have done a show on it too. It's not a conspiracy theory because they're freely admitting that they're trying to do this. And basically the Great Reset is we're going to reset our society overall, globally. We're just going to reset it. We're going to start over. Um, we're going to push environmental stuff. We're going to you know completely change infrastructure. We're going to do all of this. So much so that they're now talking about in the United States, they're trying to push, and we've seen some people in the Biden administration advocate this, they're trying to push for two to three lockdowns at least a year. Even when COVID is gone, they, they want the lockdowns to allow the environment to heal. So just so we're, we're crystal clear, they have simultaneously made the false claim that 2020 was the second hottest year on record. It wasn't, but that's the claim that they're making. While also saying that COVID healed the environment and led to less pollution and greenhouse gas emissions. Okay. So if there was less emissions, less pollution, less man-made damage, as they tried to push upon everybody early on in the, uh, in the pandemic, like they're trying to do with the Venice canals and all of that stuff. Oh, look how clear the water is. Yeah, the water is clear because you don't have a bunch of people poking sticks into the bottom of the water and, and pulling all the sediment up. But that's the only thing that has changed. I can't believe that I actually had to do a show where I had to explain to local news anchors that boats, gondolas, don't pollute. <laughs> they're not motorboats. <laughs> we had we had to have that discussion for some strange reason. But they've been pushing this, you know, from the very beginning. Oh, the smog in Los Angeles and all of that stuff. And I mean, there's no doubt that when there's nobody driving, that air pollution and air quality are certainly higher. There's no doubt about that. But when it comes to the warming issue or things of that nature, that's where things get, you know, obviously a little wonky. But now you've got everybody just kind of running around and looking at I've got this video here from... Um, Climate czar John Kerry doesn't wear his mask on airplanes. Climate czar John Kerry back in 2009. Remember, he, in 2009, he predicted that Arctic summer ice would disappear in five years. Guess what? Still got it. Still got it. It's at record, record levels. Wonder, wonder where that came from. So you continue to run into these just, just weird stories about all of this. But they actually want these lockdowns perpetually to allow the planet to heal. The planet needs a break from human beings at least at least a couple of times a year. So we're just going to do the lockdowns again, destroy the economy, everybody takes a vacation, uh, all under the guise of healing the planet, which doesn't make any sense, and it's certainly totally and completely unscientific. So that kind of brings me into, into the Today Show. Now, it's all about COVID, okay? I know I went on a little environmental tangent there, but this is about COVID. The Today Show it did a story, they did a segment on the health experts who are completely out of their element, and they have no idea what in the world is happening in Texas. Fauci, just this week, he, he was asked about this. He's like, why, why is Texas having a reduction in cases, but places that are still, have, still have strict restrictions like Michigan and elsewhere are having an increase in cases? And Fauci's like, I don't know. Fauci has no idea what it is because nobody has told Fauci what to think yet. So I want you to listen to this. Uh, Joe, go ahead and roll that segment for me, please. Call it a COVID conundrum. In states with the strictest measures in the country, like Michigan, Pennsylvania, and much of New England, cases are on the rise. While in the South, states like Arkansas and Texas that have reopened businesses and ripped away mask mandates are seeing their numbers drop. 
I'm announcing today that uh, the statewide mask mandate will be lifted. People and businesses don't need the state telling them how to operate. So what mm -hmm. might explain the apparent contradiction? One theory, differences in testing rates. Alabama has experienced one of the biggest mm. dips in reported infections more than 50% in two weeks, but it's also dead last in the U.S. for COVID testing, okay. only mm. 56 tests per 100,000 mm. people. That's a fraction of what you'll find in places like Vermont, Massachusetts, and New York, where numbers are surging. How much does lack of adequate testing have to do with the numbers that we're seeing right okay. now? Joe, you know, you, you, Joe, you can just stop it right there because the rest is not really relevant. Okay, so what they do is they're looking at this and they're going, um, now they're picking on Arkansas here because, again, Florida is a whole other ballgame. But they tried to do this about Florida. Remember when everyone was having the surge in, in September and Florida had a smaller surge than everybody else? And then CNN randomly just, like, attacked Florida. Florida's had a 150% increase in COVID cases when everywhere else is having, like, a three and 400% increase. And they were just picking on Florida. New York didn't get mentioned. Michigan didn't get mentioned. Nothing else. Now, this all goes back, for some of you who are new listening to me on this, you've missed all of the epidemiologists and infectious disease experts that we have quoted on this show who said the lockdowns will cause there to be more virus. Oh, and by the way, mask mandates may actually be spreading the virus too. Now, again, that's not radio host Casey Hendrickson saying that. That's not some basement dweller on social media saying that. These are world-renowned epidemiologists and virologists. Why can't we listen to them? Now, there, there's research underway in Europe about the mask thing, and more and more information keeps coming out about it. Now, they don't necessarily understand what the connection is yet. They don't know if the mask is causing the virus to spread. They don't know if it's just because people are not cleaning or sanitizing their masks or if they're wearing the ineffective materials or they're not wearing their mask properly. They haven't really nailed that down yet. But what they have seen is that in a lot of places where you have more people wearing the mask on a regular basis, they tend to have higher cases of COVID. Isn't that interesting? So we're starting to see these, these trends very early in the research. I'm not drawing any conclusions on that, but it has been something that I've been pointing out in the data sets for a very long time on this show. And again, when I point this out, I quote infectious disease experts who are saying, hey, this might actually be a correlation we might need to take a look at. Now, you go back to August, the Associated Press said uh, COVID was going away. Last August, COVID was going away because of the mask mandates. The mask mandates are what killed COVID. We won. Yay. Your Etsy moms were able to go out there and save the country with their, their sewn together masks, right? In their non-sterile environments with their kids and dogs and puppies and cats who walk through cat litter and cat poop and everything else. All of that stuff saved, saved us from COVID. And then you had Governor Holcomb. He was out there too. He's like, my mask mandate is what saved Indiana. Yay. And then what happened the very next month? huge surge in cases. And at that point in time, the one and only study that has ever been done throughout this pandemic that said masks reduced COVID rates was retracted because everywhere they said that mask mandates reduced COVID, every single solitary location in that study had an increase in COVID cases after the study was finished. So they retracted and apologized for their study. Why? Because they're good researchers who know what they're doing. Now, Fauci had no idea what was happening 
in Texas. They then go after Arkansas. Well, it's the testing. It's the testing. Here's the thing. This is the thing that everybody has to understand. I told you guys nine months ago, the medical community, because I had access to a conference that the civilian public didn't have access to, the medical community at the time was saying COVID is going to become more infectious but less deadly and will likely be a seasonal virus. More infectious, less deadly, likely going to become a seasonal virus. That was like nine months ago. That is now exactly what has been happening. We don't know if it's going to be seasonal yet, but Pfizer wants to give you a seasonal booster shot for their COVID vaccine. But what we are seeing is we are seeing people get infected, but they don't go to the hospital. Relatively minor. Kind of interesting, right? The infections, the number of people infected was never a relevant statistic. The number of people with serious infections, hospitalizations, and deaths, those were the the numbers that we needed to care about. With the PCR test, which I was one of the first in the country to tell you was, was giving you false positives for the flu, we now have open acknowledgement in the scientific community, in the infectious disease community, that the PCR test is, in fact, giving you false positives because it shows positive for the flu and it shows positive for COVID, and they're bound to write down that you have COVID. They're required to do it. <laughs> Doctors talk about this on the show. We have gone over it several times. After the election, a very old podcast interview with Dr. Fauci in which he admitted back in May of last year that I was right about this whole thing. But I didn't come up with the theory. Experts did. The number of cases is irrelevant. So they're looking at this and they're going, wow, nobody's getting COVID in these places that are opening up. What's the deal? Oh, Arkansas is just not testing. That's why. Mm. We'll dive into that just a little bit. Coming up, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190-1075 FM. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Thank you very much. Appreciate you joining us, including the Fort Wayne audience. Um, I mean, covering for Pat Miller today. So now we just got done talking about how the experts and, and even the Today Show was like, the experts have no idea what's happening in Texas and Arkansas because they've released most of their, their restrictions for covid and their cases are going down. While states who have hefty restrictions, they're seeing a slight increase in cases. Michigan just had, uh, for those of you in the Fort Wayne audience, Michigan's right next door to us. We actually cover Michigan. And they they just had, like at the beginning of the week, they had like a surge of, of new cases, which are probably related to spring break type stuff, but who knows. So the experts, air quote, the experts don't really have an idea why places who who have a you know less restrictions are having a reduction in cases. So the Today Show and the experts that they interviewed, their tactic was to attack Arkansas for the number of tests that they're doing. Okay, the number of tests are irrelevant because you can look at their hospital data. You know how many people are admitted to the hospital in Arkansas right now for COVID? The entire state? 141. 141 people in the hospital, the entire state, not in the ICU, 62 people are in the ICU in, in Arkansas because of COVID. And that number's continued to drop. If you look at the, the Arkansas COVID data, so what the news is trying to do, what the Today Show is trying to do is the only reason they're not showing cases is because they're not testing anybody. And so you get the average person out there isn't thinking about this going, oh, sneaky Arkansas. But if you look at the hospitalizations, they continue to decline. The number of people in the ICU continue to decline. Deaths continue to decline. 
So you can therefore extrapolate out things are still going pretty swimmingly in Arkansas, just like they are in Texas. And actually, they're going pretty good everywhere in the country right now for a whole host of reasons. But that's how they're manipulating this stuff. They try and and spin it and twist it in a way to go ahead and make you think that Arkansas is doing something. Now, if I were a Hollywood celebrity, what I would likely be doing right now, looking at all of these restrictive blue states that are having an increase in cases and all of these permissive red states that are reopening and having a reduction in cases, I would say it's God's work. Because that's what celebrities do every time a red state has hardship. It's because God is punishing them for being Republican. So I guess God is blessing these red states then for being Republican and punishing the blue states for being liberal. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and covering for Pat on News Talk, 90, uh, news talk 1190, WOWO, 107.5 FM. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Got a couple of couple little updates here. I'm also covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190, 107.5 FM. I do apologize. I always forget to, to mention that. Uh, Lee Zeldin, that's right, the congressman from New York. Lee Zeldin has announced that he is going to run for governor of New York. He's going to run against Andrew Grandma Killer Cuomo. So that is, that's interesting. Um, Lee Zeldin is, is uh, well, he's one of the good guys. I don't always agree with him, but he's one of the good guys. And he would certainly be a market step up uh, in New York. So we'll, we'll see how that uh, goes for him. It's always a tough race, but Republicans can win in New York. It's not always an easy time, but they, they can win in New York. But he did announce yesterday that he is going to run for governor of New York against Grandma Killer Cuomo. Uh, go to San Francisco. The Board of Education in the People's Republic of San Francisco, which resides inside the People's Republic of California, has formally reversed its decision to rename more than 40 public schools with names that they deemed problematic or connected to racism and oppression, including schools named after George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. You know, that uh, that horrendous racist Abraham Several months after they attempted to rebrand the initiative and they tossed, um, they, it got tossed into the national spotlight. You know, we, we told you, obviously, that this is, this is an old issue. Trump tried to take credit for predicting this stuff, but this is an old issue. They tried to cancel founding fathers and, and uh, they've even canceled Lincoln a couple of times in the past too, long before Trump was in the, the political realm. So it, it does happen with some regularity. It's ramping up more so than it has been for longer periods of time. Now, according to the San Francisco Chronicle, the school board voted unanimously for a resolution to overturn the school renaming decision, which would have required a large scale and potentially costly effort at the taxpayer's expense, which doesn't really matter all that much to California politicians because at least it isn't their money, right? The outcome of the vote was expected and was designed to avoid litigation from opponents of the policy who have alleged the board violated state law by not giving proper notification ahead of the vote, something that we talked about the last time this story came up. And again, it kind of goes into what we have talked about with some of these public health officials too. They're supposed to give notice. They're supposed to confer with people around them. There are boards, there are commissions that are designed to advise and consent. And instead of doing that, they just do their own thing unilaterally even though they're not supposed to do that. So it happens all the time, all the time. 
Uh, what else do we have here? <clears throat> oh, this this is another story. I have to go along with that video that I sent to uh, to you in in uh, the next segment, Joe, because we're gonna have some interesting things to play for you. Really interesting and inspiring video coming up in the next segment. I do do look forward to playing that for you. Also, another situation where trees are racist. Now, somebody mentioned this on the live stream yesterday, and I think I was thinking that this was the story where they were saying that trees were racist because of the separation, that the traditional separation, you know, in, in the early 1900s where you had trees that would line private um, uh, country clubs. And if the country club happened to abut up to a lower income or a minority neighborhood, they would put those trees there so that way you didn't have to see the neighborhood and the neighborhood couldn't see into the golf course, right? So yesterday I was thinking that that's what that was when somebody posted about trees are racist in Oregon again because that was also an Oregon story. But I was wrong. There is a new thing, a new thing in Oregon that a high school in Portland has delayed the confirmation of its new team name because it's worried that trees might be racist. This is a real story. Now here, uh, we had the issue with the, the Goshen High School changing their mascot here a couple of years ago, and it's, it's one of those perpetual things that we seem to be facing all throughout the country. But, no joke, this school was apparently um, changing their name to, or is it a new school? I'm trying to decide. I can't figure this out. I can't tell if it's a new school, if they're just renaming it. Anyway, they're going to make their mascot the Evergreens, which, for the record, is the tree that you see everywhere in Oregon, <laughs> which makes perfect sense. <laughs> you go anywhere in Oregon, especially around Portland, there's Evergreens everywhere, okay? Everywhere. So, yeah, um, that's, that's apparently racist. Portland School Board was concerned, very concerned, that Ida B. Wells High School would associate itself with racism if it changed its ma changed its mascot to the Evergreens. Okay, so they're changing the mascot. I wonder what the old mascot was. I'm too lazy to look it up. I'm wondering if there was any concern with the imagery there and using a tree as our mascot, asked Portland Public Schools Board of Education Director Michelle DePass, because, of course, it's a lady. I think everyone comes with blind spots, and I think that might have been a really big blind spot. Hmm. It's offensive for you to say blind spot, by the way. I, <sighs> You know what evergreens are, right? I mean, evergreens are Christmas trees. They're Christmas trees. Like, everybody understands that, right? It's, I mean, except for, like, the two of you atheists out there who get really offended by these things. I... <laughs> Now, one of the funniest memes, there's that meme that's got the guy who's sweating which button to push. So the button on the left, trees are racist. The button on the right, log is Mother Earth. Mm. Now you have to ask a question. Is Gaia, Mother Earth, is Gaia racist because she allows trees to grow? Maybe that's the real battle against global warming because global warming would actually make the planet much more habitable 
for the overwhelming majority of creatures on this planet, including human beings, would make things much better for us if the planet were to actually warm up a little bit. But the problem with the planet warming up is that you're going to have more plant life. You're going to have more dense forests, and that could be very problematic because, well, trees are racist. I don't know if there is a history of using evergreens for lynching. My, my guess is probably not. Not really conducive to that, but I suppose it is possible. I suppose it's possible. I just, I'm not, not really aware of that being a huge thing. So now when the war on Christmas happens this year, the Christmas tree has got a mark right there, right there on its back. They're coming for it. I'm telling you right now, they're coming for it. You're going to go buy your Christmas tree and they're going to, they're going to start stuff because everyone's a racist. This is a real story, folks. This is not, this is not the onion or, or even the Babylon Bee. This is a very real story in the New York Post about this Portland school board really upset that the school wants to change its mascot to the Evergreens, which is racist. Just so everybody knows. Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, and also covering for Pat Miller on Newstalk 1190, 107.5 FM. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Also covering for Pat Miller today on Newstalk 1190, 107.5 FM. Uh, Joe, so I sent you that clip here. It is the the one that's in the absolutely spectacular link that I sent you. Uh, I want to go ahead and play that clip here. If you can get that ready for me, that would be fantastic. Let me know when that's ready to go. Before we do that, a high school track coach has been fired after refusing to make his team wear masks. This is in New Hampshire. The high school track and field coach was fired after refusing to tell his team that they had to wear masks when they competed. Pembroke Academy track and field coach Bradley Keyes, only two names, he's a trustworthy man, who coached at Pembroke for four years but was not a teacher there, asked the school if the New Hampshire Interscholastic Athletic Association's guidelines requiring masks were guidance or a mandate, informed that Pembroke and fellow competing schools agreed with the policy. On Saturday, Keyes issued a blog post encouraging others to tell the school that they opposed the policy while adding an email that he sent to the school's athletic director that stated, and I quote, I'll come straight to the point. I will not put kids on the track and tell them to run any races while wearing masks. I will not stand up in front of the kids and lie to them, tell them that these masks are doing anything worthwhile, out in an open field with wind blowing and the sun shining. These insane policies are robbing kids of once-in-a-lifetime opportunities for no valid reason other than irrational fears and going along with the sheep. Fire me if you must. He then called the guidelines senseless, irrational, cowardice, bull bleep. Can we hire this guy? Any local school, just, just hire this guy. I, I don't even hire him. Here's the thing. There's a bunch of people out there who have never exercised in their entire lives. And I know, I know, I'm overweight right now, and, and I'm not the one to be talking. But most of you know my athletic background. They've never exercised in their entire lives. They've certainly never used masks to increase uh, their, their blood counts. It is very restrictive. And it is dangerous when you are exercising to be wearing these things. That's not my opinion. That is medical scientific fact. 
There is a reason specially designed masks, which they don't want you wearing for COVID because they have a valve on them. Those masks, which allow more air than your standard masks, which make it easier for you to breathe than your standard masks, there is a reason that those make exercising more difficult. It is designed to help train you up. So if you're trying to increase your cardiovascular health and trying to increase your white blood cell counts and that sort of thing, that's kind of what you do. But having kids running track and field while wearing a mask is, I'm, I'm sorry, not sorry, that is horrendously stupid. And it is extremely dangerous. You know how much attention they have given to energy drinks for teenage kids who play athletics at high school? and diet pills and stuff like that for increasing your heart rate and then sending those kids out to exercise and how dangerous those are. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and throw a restrictive air device over their face. That is so stupid. It makes no sense. This, this coach is actually looking out for the safety of his athletes and he got punished for it. Now, speaking of masks, I want to go ahead and play this video. Now, you can't really understand a lot of it at the beginning of it, don't worry, I'll walk you through it later. You'll understand the point of it pretty pretty quick. But this is a restaurant. The health inspectors come in wearing masks, and essentially the woman who owns the restaurant basically says, I abide by common law, and I'm a woman, and you're trespassing on my property, and kicks them out. Have a listen. Wait for it. Get up, 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 get yelling for the health inspectors to get out and the health inspectors in the video turn tail and run. Now, <laughs> the whole I'm a woman thing I thought was hysterical. She's like, no, I, I, I abide by common law. I'm a woman and you're trespassing on my property. <laughs> and the guy says, I don't agree with that. <laughs> and then everybody in the restaurant uh, starts shouting for, for them to leave. And they did. They retreated and they left the restaurant which means we'll probably have a story tomorrow or later on in the week that this woman has been arrested and her restaurant has been shut down. More coming up next. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, also covering for Pat on News Talk 1190, 107.5 FM. I want to thank R&B Car Company. If you're looking for a used vehicle, go to rbcarcompany.com. Well... The Border Patrol has released some new data on the migrant surge at the southern border. And it, well, let's just say it shatters a bunch of talking points from the White House Press Secretary, Jen Psaki, who's affectionately referred to as Circleback Saki on this show. And since we're talking about Circleback Saki, Joe, we've got to play the song. Roll it. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Um, I often note I'm going to circle back. I hate to disappoint conservative Twitter, but I am going to circle back on a number of things, as we often do directly. I'll circle back, circle back. I hate to disappoint you. Circle back, circle back. That's an 
Trip to Circle Fest. This is such a good question. I have not had the opportunity to dig into that. I'll circle back. It was a massive dump to this day. Everyone's trying to figure out where did it come from. I'm not aware of anything, but uh, we'll circle back. As a mom myself, I want to know all the details. I have to circle back. Come on, man. You know what I mean? I will venture to get you an answer on that, and maybe we can talk about it, and you'll circle back. I will have to circle back on that one. Circle back, go back. But uh, we'll, ha- we'll circle back. Circle back, go back. I will have to circle back with you. Circle back, Let me give you a very specific example. Yeah. I'll circle back, circle back. I hate to disappoint you. Circle back, circle back. That's an excellent question. Circle back, circle back. I hate to disappoint you, but we will venture to circle back. This president knew back in January. Why did he tell us? Why did he warn us? There are a number of ways to combat misinformation. One of them is circle back. You told us that Trump was invincible and Hillary was in the prison, right? I don't really have any predictions for you on that. I can circle back. <laughs> um, let me see if I can get more detail for you on that. Circle back. I signed something saying that if I'm wrong, I can go to prison. Did you? We'll try to get to as many questions as possible. I'll circle back. I don't have anything more for you. And that communication has been lacking. Well, uh, as, as you know, let me give you a very specific example. I'll circle back, circle back. I hate to disappoint you. Circle back, circle back. That's an excellent question. Circle back, circle back. I hate to disappoint you, but we will venture. Yeah, there we go. Circle back, Saki, with circle back. That's her first big hit release by the way we love it we think she's got some talent she's terrible at being a press secretary but she can uh, she can rap so anyway the border patrol has released the data now if you circle back to what jen saki was saying a couple months ago as press secretary the surge we're having at the border right now is perfectly normal happens all the time there's not more people at the uh, the border right now than there was in the past in fact this surge isn't even that big oh small well border patrol released their data kind of kind of destroys that narrative um this is the largest surge to the border ever and i mean ever at all period let me uh let me go ahead and and address a, a couple of other things here that that maybe you haven't thought of the peak number of people, minors, I should say, minors, not people, but minors. The peak number of minors that was detained under President Trump was 2,600. Currently, Biden has 18,000 minors in cages. 18,000 of them. The cages that he and Obama built, by the way. Peak number under Trump, 2,600. Currently, under Biden, 18,000. I know, it's Thursday, and you need an excuse to not register that number. The highest number of migrant kids detained by Trump, 2,600. Currently, Biden is detaining over 18,000. Where's the media coverage? Where's the white pantsuit crazy bartender lady? Where's all of, where's all of the, the, the charades? Where is all of that? Huh? Oh, it's it's not there. When Ted Cruz tries to go and actually film what's happening, oh, we need to respect these people. They're human beings. This isn't a zoo. Oh, that that is not how you felt about them just a couple of years ago when you sent a bunch of liberal Democrat politicians down to the border to go ahead and take a bunch of video and pictures. And then you lied about it. 
then you straight up lied about it, making up stories about drinking out of toilet bowls and not having any any water or drinks or anything of that nature. Just very interesting stuff was was happening a couple of years ago, right? When the Democrats were down there. But 18,000 minors right now detained by Joe Biden. Friendly reminder, and we have multiple, multiple illegal immigrants on both sides of the border saying the only reason they're doing this right now is because I'm going to quote one of them, okay? I don't want to give you a platitude. I want to quote one of the people who has come across the border illegally and brought a bunch of people with them. Joe Biden invited us. I'm going to say that again. Joe Biden invited us. Now, if you go to my YouTube or my Rumble at Casey the Host, I do the the loony liberal montages where I just slice together a bunch of stupid stuff that liberals say in the news media and politicians and things like that. When I had a, a part of that montage, I think it was montage number two, where there's a bunch of instances of Biden basically inviting illegal aliens to the border. It might have been montage three. I think it was two. Inviting them all throughout the campaign as the usurper in the White House, all of that stuff. You know, another thing that that Biden did that is causing this to be our problem and not Mexico's problem is that he got rid of the stay in Mexico and wait provision. Got rid of that. So this is this is this is nasty stuff. Uh, The Border Patrol. New numbers from the Border Patrol show just how bad things have gotten at the southern border under Biden's leadership. If you call it that, they say. Not even the Washington Post fact checker Glenn Kessler can ignore the data. Now, Glenn Kessler is tweeting this stuff out. Glenn Kessler is a massive liberal. And he is routinely incorrect in his fact checks. So he tweets out the data from the the Border Patrol. Well, I guess the Biden White House line that this is the usual annual migration surge at the border is no longer operative. Mm-hmm. You look at the data. I, it's, and I realize that those of you who are on the live stream can see this, but those of you in the radio audience cannot. That blue line, for those of you who are there, this blue line right here, that is the current surge. And the other lines are the previous surges that we've had. And this blue line is way above everything else. It's not even remotely close. Not even close. Now, you can get this at cbp.gov. This is in the Border Patrol. I'll have it in the Daily Show prep today at theburningtruth.us. So if you go to my website and you sign up for my newsletter for free, and you get the Daily Show prep. I'll have a link to this in the Daily Show prep. So you can take a look at it as well. This is not a normal migrant surge. This is not a normal surge at all. The peak number of minors that were detained under the Trump administration was 2,600, which they managed very well because they had that facility with the classrooms and the video game rooms and the beds and all of that stuff. So 2,600 under Trump, that was the peak. It's 18,000 for Biden right now. More coming up, 95.3 MNC and Newstalk 1190, 107.5 FM. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Also covering for Pat Miller today on News Talk 95, News Talk 1190, whoa, whoa, 107.5 FM. My apologies. Okay. I have told you for a number of years now how China and the Chinese Communist Party pay off American reporters, journalists, anchors, and things like that 
including newspapers, you know, they, the China Daily, they get paid a lot of money to carry the China Daily at the New York Times, the Washington Post, and everywhere else that carries the Chinese Communist Party propaganda pamphlet inside their publication. This is a real problem. A lot of Americans don't understand what the Chinese Communist Party does and how they promote themselves around the world. They quite literally buy news media in other countries. Think of it like espionage. You've got an American. That American wants to make more money. Now that American... In espionage, that American has access to something that a foreign agent needs access to, usually blueprints, data, whatever, right? So they do what they can to go ahead and win that person over so that spies for them. And oftentimes that involves blackmail, which China does, right? Remember Fang Fang and her front bum and Representative Swalwell, the Chinese spy that Swalwell having, was having a relationship with? They do that. So they blackmail people. They use their spies to have relationships with people. This is, again, common in espionage. Another way that they do this, they just find people that are unhappy with their financial situation. They offer them a bunch of money. This is how China usually gets some of the people at higher academia, the university level. They find these researchers or these professors and they go, hey, you know what? You're making pretty good money, but how'd you like to double it? And all you have to do is just forward us the, the documents that you're working on. And we talked about one of those, uh, one of those uh, people. I think it was at Harvard. Don't quote me on that. But one of those people who China approached and they said, hey, we just want to make a more efficient electric car. And you guys have battery technology that we could use to make a more efficient electric vehicle. We just want to save the planet. And we're going to pay you a lot of money just to get that stuff for us. And I know it seems like we're stealing that technology, but you know, we're just trying to make the world a better place. So if you can get us that clean battery technology, that would be fantastic. And they paid him a lot of money. What did the professor do? He got them the clean battery technology. Guess where they put it? Not in electric cars. They put it in submarines. He didn't know that. They appealed to his philanthropic ideals. He shouldn't have done it. He shouldn't have trusted them. But this is just kind of how it works. But he got paid a ton of money. Now, another thing that they do is they invite members of the American media to go to China. And they have these programs where China, and I'm not making this up. I've gone over this in great detail before. I've explained what the program is and why the intelligence community sees this as a huge national security threat. They will train American members of the media in how to report on China. True story. And they pay them money. So not only are you getting Chinese Communist Party vacations, trips to China, you're getting parties. I assume that they are putting attractive Chinese agents in your bed to blackmail the ones that are married, just in case you're getting paid extra money for this. You're getting some training. And this is all these dinner parties and contacts and all that stuff. And then they send you back to the United States where every single thing you write about China is praising China and everything that you respond to about China is defending China. This is very commonplace. This is how the Chinese Communist Party manipulates media, not just in the U.S., but in Europe and especially in Africa. At least two journalists who worked for the Chinese state-controlled media 
came to the United States as visiting students and became organizers for a progressive activist group behind the Stop AAPI Hate Movement, running outreach efforts to shape the political opinions of first-generation Chinese-American immigrants in California. Essentially, one of the big groups right now that is pushing the false narrative that it is Trump supporting white supremacists that are committing hate crimes against Asian Americans, which is not true at all. The overwhelming majority of hate crimes committed against Asians comes from black men. Very few whites commit hate crimes against Asians. It does happen, but it happens at the exact same rate. (laughs) Actually, total violent crimes from whites against Asians is the exact same percentage rate as violent crime from Asians against other Asians. And they're one of the least likely groups to commit violence on each other. So, the Chinese Communist Party is running the anti-Asian hate crimes groups in the United States. Kind of like the Chinese Communist Party was running the entire campaign to get us to not call it the Wuhan coronavirus or the Chinese coronavirus. You're all victims of the Chinese Communist Party and their propaganda. Congratulations. More coming up, 95.3 MNC, and of course, 1190-1075 FM. Well, I finally have some good news. Took a while to get it, but we finally got some good news yesterday. Didn't get an opportunity to talk about it on the show. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Casey Hendrickson here, also covering for Pat Miller on 1190-1075 FM in Fort Wayne. The... The hate crime against that 65-year-old Asian woman in New York that was captured on the surveillance footage that we talked about a couple of days ago. And for those of you who are on the live stream, you watched the video. And if you're not real familiar with the story, 65-year-old Asian ladies walking down the sidewalk in New York City and um, fairly large black guy comes out of nowhere, Spartan kicks her in the chest, knocks her down, and proceeds to stomp on her head. Now, as horrific as that is, it gets worse. Now, the camera's inside the lobby of this building, and it is filming outwards through the front glass panes of the door and the window at the front of this building. Well, as this man is stomping on this woman's head, there is a delivery driver who looks to be larger than the attacker who is looking out and watching her get attacked does nothing two security personnel from inside the building come out they look out they're watching this guy attack this 65 year old asian woman and they close the door and do nothing now they were immediately suspended the delivery company was looking into the delivery driver who also did not intervene Now, there's a couple of different things that have been brought up in the discussion of this. One, in society today, you're not allowed to intervene if you work for a place. If you intervene, you can get fired and that sort of stuff. Um, We frequently do stories on that. I still like referencing the situation in the Walmart parking lot that happened a couple of years ago because, you know, that's a situation where the man literally saved the woman's life. She was going to be stabbed to death. He intervened saved her life, Walmart fired him. Why? Because he intervened in the parking lot. I think he was on his lunch break or something like that. He saved this woman's life, still gets canned. 
So there's a, there's a lot of folks that have now scared out of even trying to help because if they do help, they could lose their job and their livelihood. But then there's just the, I'm not a horrible person mentality. I'm not going to let a 65 year old woman or anybody really sit there and let somebody stomp on their head. And I'm going to intervene. There was three large men. Three large men could have intervened and helped this woman out. They chose not to. According to reports, the two doormen at the man in Manhattan who were caught on security footage failing to intervene when the elderly Asian woman was brutally assaulted outside of their building have officially been fired. They were caught on video doing nothing while the 65-year-old Asian-American woman was brutally attacked on her way to church, having been fired. Their building's management company confirmed all of this Tuesday to NBC New York. So some justice, ladies and gentlemen, some justice. And, you know, like I said, I can appreciate that if I intervene, I'm going to lose my job. Okay. You know what? I would rather be that guy. And if we live in a society where if you do the right thing, we have options with GoFundMe and everything else. We can get you support if you desperately need it. And I think that we're at a point now where where people need to they need to deprogram themselves from failing to intervene to help people because it's getting it's getting completely epidemic but this all starts in in school your kid goes to school preschool kindergarten what do they tell them don't fight back don't defend yourself run away which of course will get you killed in the real world that stuff has to be deprogrammed out of our children we got more coming up 953 mnc and 1190 wo 1075 fm all right let me let me ask, does this sound familiar to you? Trump doesn't really want to be president. Okay, Trump really does want to be president, but he only wants to be president because he's going to use the office to enrich himself. Remember those, those lines? Now, we track Trump's net worth like throughout his entire presidency on this show, but there's a new report that has come out. Friendly reminder to everybody out there. Trump didn't take a paycheck. He donated his presidential salary. Now, whether you like the man's policies or not, even though a lot of his policies are traditional Democrat policies and pro-labor policies, whether you like the man or not, any normal person who's not a feral dredge on society would respect somebody that donated their entire salary back to the people. He didn't even want to take the salary. He wanted it to go back into the general the general fund. And Democrats threw a hissy fit and threatened to impeach him over it. Remember that? He was first coming into office. He said, I don't want the salary. Just uh, put it in the general fund. I don't need it. And the Democrats called it an impeachable offense. So before he was even sworn in, they were going to impeach him because he wasn't taking money from the taxpayer for doing the job that he had been hired to do. So then he said, just pay me a dollar then. And then they threatened to impeach him over that. Because, again, impeachment started before he was actually sworn in. So then what he ultimately decided to do is take the full salary but donate it. And that's what he did. Every time he got paid, he donated his salary. And it went to various places. We tried to do a, a running tally on where that money was going. And um, it, it's amazing how many liberal sweetheart bureaucracies got his money, too. Well, a new report is out that... Trump lost more than 1.1 $1 .1 
billion dollars. More than $1.1 billion in net worth by being president. That is a man, whether you liked his policies or not, who sacrificed over a billion dollars because he wanted to do the right thing. Just think about that for a second and how exactly no other politicians in Washington, D.C. or elsewhere at any capitals would be willing to do that very same thing. But this is what happens when you demonize somebody, when you fabricate nonsense stories about somebody in order to dehumanize them. That's what happens. Bill O'Reilly's up next. Have a wonderful night. Buy a 3D printer.